0: That is the sound of the champagne being uncorked.
1: And why are we uncorking the champagne, Dan?
0: Because we're drunk bastards.
1: No, we're not yet.
0: Not yet. We'll get there. Because the two first novels, the first first novels podcast with full production audio, the first with an original, well, no, okay, Phil Rossi did an original score before. That's true. Um, And the first two to finish the same day have just finished. And we are about to record the final feedback shows for those particular books.
1: For the award-winning season one of the Metamorph City podcast. And
0: for the not award-winning yet, but if you go and make a comment on my nomination at the Parsec Awards, I might have a prayer of uh, winning it, (laughs) antithesis podcast. So, we have some lovely sex champagne here. We are joined by... Sex champagne? <laughs> is, well, is it, isn't that the most appropriate? We are joined by the lovely Miss Calendar and Kitty Nakian, both yeah. of whom were a fabulous help to me in the process and also to Mr. Lester. Oh, yes. So, do you have any... Uh,
2: <laughs> really?
0: So, do you have any words, Chris?
1: <sighs> to season two, to future successes in future endeavors... To, public- to publication, absolutely. To nine nine oh nine. To ten thousand listeners by this 10, time next year. To ten thousand listeners by this
0: time next year. Thank you all for making this possible.
1: So say we all. So say we all. <laughs> mm. Oh, that's good stuff. Yeah, that's fabulous stuff. Bring on the hooch. Yeah, I like sex champagne. <laughs> <laughs>
2: There is no sex in the champagne room.
0: (laughs) Artistic Whispers Productions presents... Antithesis Book 1. Predestination and Other Games of Chance. A podcast novel written and performed by J. Daniel Sawyer. Author contact information at www.jdsawyer.net with original music by Danny Shade. This story contains harsh language sexual situations. Listener discretion is advised. And now, Dealing In, episode 9, part 1. Hello and welcome to Dealing In. Dealing In is the feedback show for the works and worlds of J. Daniel Sawyer. That's me. And we're currently concentrating on the finale of the first book in the antithesis progression, which is Predestination and Other Games of Chance, a title for which I will get imminently large and huge amounts of shit In this episode. (laughs) Joining me today are...
1: Chris Lester of the Metamore City podcast, found at
3: www.metamorecity.com.
2: Miss Calendar of the Brass Needles podcast, brassneedles.com.
3: This is Kitty Nickian, random voice for this and a few other podcasts, and uh, producer of this podcast, and also a...
0: (laughs) Sound effect editor. There have been a few bottles of wine floating around here. We've just finished up recording Chris's uh, final feedback show. And uh, it's been several hours and several bottles of wine. And (laughs) we're all a little loopy. Just a bit, yes. But uh, yes, if you haven't heard it, Predestination is a complex plotted spy novel that turns on suspense and surprises. If you have not heard through the end, that is episode 27, stop, wait, no, go back and listen now. Heavy spoilers are ahead. So who would like to kick I'll, off? this I'll start, of start
3: it off with okay. um, feedback from Abby Hilton. Abby! Hey, Abby. We all love Abby.
0: Abby someone.
3: <laughs> Abby Hilton says, Hey Dan, I finished Antithesis a few days ago and I just wanted to say that I love the ending and I'm really curious to see what will come out of Joss and Allie cooped up in that ship for weeks. I like chase scenes and that low gravity chase was awesome. You did a good job pulling us in two, di- two directions. I wanted Allie to ca- catch Joss, but I didn't want Joss to get caught. It was a satisfying ending. Can't wait to hear down from ten. All the best, Abby.
2: Woohoo! It's so weird to hear about her. <laughs> <laughs> Every time people refer to Ally, I'm like, wait, me? <laughs>
4: <laughs>
0: yes, and Miss Calendar, the voice of Ally, will be joining us again in Down from Ten as the voice <laughs> of Sarah.
1: And that that book is <laughs> going to effing rock guys we'll uh, talk
0: about that a little bit more later <laughs> yeah we could not talk, talk
2: about that <laughs> yeah, no <laughs> well for the record i wanted to catch joss if that counts <laughs> i really mm. did
0: you are gonna love what happens between Allie and joss in book two you're gonna <laughs> this l- is why he's mean.
2: It. he doesn't tell us what's going to happen <laughs> so <laughs> the people who are going in and voice acting this don't know before we read the lines so and i, I remember times going
3: damn it what what <laughs>
0: Well, there's a reason for that. I found out that a lot of actors, if you direct them a certain, if you direct them and they know what the ultimate endpoint of their character is,
1: they they play the outcome and not the process. yeah. They play the ah. outcome and not the process. Same thing that uh, JMS did with Babylon Five. Right, kept the exactly. Characters and the actors in the dark.
0: That's exactly right.
1: Okay, this is from Who's a What's This.
0: <laughs> who's a what's whatsis
1: subject anti antithesis
0: <laughs>
1: getting shit for the title right up front i want to complain about your titles no <laughs> not about the length i have a problem with the meaning mm.
5: your series
1: title is antithesis but your book titles though superficially ironic do not fit with the series title In fact, you could say that they are the antitheses of
0: antithesis.
1: (laughs) The first book is Predestination and Other Games of Chance. According to predestination theory, a god created one universe out of infinite possibilities from which it chose based on no outside influences of which none would have existed. This is the very definition of randomness. Furthermore, the stakes of this game are everything that would happen anywhere forever.
0: Predestination might as well be called the Infinite Lottery. First of all, Antithesis, although the ironic titles were inspired by the series title, Mm -hmm. the Antithesis progression is is part of the Hegelian dialectic.
2: Oh. Sorry. It all just made sense to me for a minute. (laughs)
0: Hegel's Theory of History, which... Is kind of bullshit, but it's really fun to think about. Um, <laughs> said that uh, in any cultural movement, you get the thesis, um, which is then countered by the antithesis. And the thesis
1: is the dominant paradigm of the
0: culture. The dominant paradigm of the and culture. And the
1: antithesis is the counterculture, is the counterculture. that culture. comes up in response to it.
0: And then the synthesis is what comes out of the conflict between those two. Um, he meant it to refer mostly to um, historical developments in philosophy, where it actually does apply fairly well. Mm-hmm. doesn't apply as widely as, say, Marx took it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, yeah, so um, I came up with the title, with the idea of getting a series called Antithesis, um, because I was studying Hegel. Okay. <laughs> and I'm that kind of a geek. <laughs> um, the titles then, I started... I started churning through titles like, how could I put words together that are just totally opposed to each other? And, of course, having read far too much Calvin. Yeah. <laughs> predestination and other games of chance was the first thing that popped into my head. And then most of the other titles followed well from that. Now, what you say about predestination and what predestination theory does? It's a pretty, you've got a pretty accurate description there. But of course, the title is meant to express the eternal contention in philosophy and in the experience of individuals between the notion of being fated or compelled to do something and being um, caught up in uh, randomness and mm-hmm. uh, having you know having choices that seem totally. The choices that people make create the future, mm-hmm. and if you believe in fate, you've always got, this, got this, this dualistic thing going on in your head because what you're doing, is it ordained or is it coming up from below? And if it's coming up from below, how, is, how, is, how are the fates dealing with it and that kind of thing?
1: Mm-hmm. And the, uh, it's interesting because all through the book you see characters attempting to manipulate circumstances, attempting yes. to ma- manipulate fate and being foiled by random occurrences that they are mm-hmm. or chaotic events that they chaotic, have, no, yeah, con- chaotic that they have is, no control
0: over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's that's what the title means if uh, if the title can be said to have meaning.
1: Hold there's on. a uh, there's a a t-shirt out there that I've always wanted on the front of it it says Calvinism, I chose the shirt. And on the back it says Armenianism. Or, no, or Arminianism. Arminianism, I chose I just... the shirt. And Calvinism on the back says the shirt chose me.
0: <laughs> the two dominant Protestant schools of, ah. uh, of destiny philosophy, essentially. <laughs> Please continue.
1: The second title, Free Will and Other Compulsions, has similar implications. Free will, although sometimes thought of as a freedom from compulsion actually is the ultimate compulsion. If you don't believe me, just consider trying not to exhibit free will. <laughs> you are compelled to choose an action at every moment. And even if your choice is to refrain from action, the choice is surely an act of will as free as any other. <laughs> right. <laughs> you no, know, it's true. That deserves
2: I'll, an O oh snap, I think.
1: <laughs> I remember a friend of mine who had real serious problems with the whole predestination theology, mm-hmm. and he would be like sitting around, like trying to psych out God. Like <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't know I was going to do that, did you?
2: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> trying to psych out God.
0: Yes. Well, I act- the the title "Free Will and Other Compulsions, aside from following naturally from predestination, because free will is usually what's set in opposition to it in mm-hmm. philosophy and theology, mm-hmm. is that the con it. Um, I came up with that title actually while I was taking my psych degree because free will is a bullshit idea. Nobody has it in the sense that people me- mean it when they use it colloquially. People think of free will and they think I'm free to do what I want by sheer force of will alone, not moved by something. I'm an unmoved mover. mm. It's called Libertarian Free Will. It's been the subject of philosophical debate since Aristotle, and it's complete and utter bullshit. Nobody has it, but then nobody needs it, and who would really want it anyway? <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. The only person who could you, you could theoretically say would be an unmoved mover would be God himself.
0: And that depends heavily on your theology and cosmology exactly. anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, what people do have is... Something that philosophers call free agency, which mm-hmm. is the experience of choosing between alternatives. Right. But it's the experience of choosing between alternatives, because when you put someone in a functional MRI machine and you have them make a choice, the the conscious awareness of having made a choice follows the action that that, that follows the results of the choice. It's part of a feed of a right back loop The person you are makes the choice, but your experience of consciously, rationally shifting through things and making the choice is an illusion caused by the order in which things are written to memory in your brain. Mm -hmm. So um, the freedom that we have to choose is limited by our biology, our circumstances, our natures. It's not libertarian freedom. Mm -hmm. And um, so in a very real sense, our freedom is um, an illusion that we are compelled along with and that we carry and that we value because the um the illusion is not a delusion right i mean Um, it's 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 a pastiche of reality and delusion extra points for
2: using pastiche in a sentence
5: (laughs) (laughs) the universe is
1: not um is not inherently deterministic it can't Mm -hmm. be because quantum mechanics means that at the fundamental levels of Mm -hmm. reality that But the behavior of particles is uncertain, Mm -hmm. and thus the behavior of the things that cause our conscious experience are themselves
0: uncertain. Well, and that's – it may or may not be, but that's one of the really exciting debates in neuroscience right now Mm -hmm. as we're getting the ability to image at that level to see how much, if at all, quantum uncertainty affects the way that uh, that the brain – that the frontal lobes, particularly the brain, work.
1: And my suspicion is that we're going to find out that it has a pretty big impact. Because my,
0: my suspicion is that there will probably be an impact, but I doubt it's going to be huge. Because
1: I can't see how you could get the observer effect that we have unless con- the, conscious, the phenomenon of consciousness was very strongly tied in with
0: quantum uncertainty. That, that, of course, is assuming that the observer effect is real rather than a mathematical conceit. Well, and then the whole you point can start
1: of, getting into the question of what, which model, which interpretation well, and of quantum of course, mechanics is correct. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: And that, that all matters in this, uh, which is fa- is fa- fabulous stuff. Um, yeah. Christian De Quincey is one of the more reputable um, neuroscientists and philosophers working in the area of panpsychism, which is which is what you're starting to get into when you talk about consciousness affecting quantum uncertainty in a, in a reverse mm-hmm. causal loop. Mm-hmm. And, um, for, uh, the other side, look at, um, some of Daniel Dennett and Steven Pinker's work and also check out my, uh, the footnotes to my article in the sci-fi journals as the gods themselves, which published a few weeks ago, you can find that at sci-fi journal.com. download the text. And in one of the footnotes, I, I recommend several books on the subject from both sides of the issue. Hmm.
1: Fascinating. So who's a what's this continues. I just like saying that.
0: (laughs) It's a great, clever name.
1: What's next? Seduction and other sexual enticements. (laughs) Pain and other things that hurt. (laughs) Sleepy kittens and other cute things. Fiction and other stories that never happened. Perpetuity and other things
0: that go on and on and on and on and on and on. Oh, God. Um, Actually, the... Three remaining titles are predation and other acts of mercy, which was also the chapter chapter title in book one. Mm. There's anarchy and other forms of government, book which four. is so true. <laughs> <laughs> and then book five, forgiveness and other types of vengeance. I thought
1: it was other forms of vengeance. other forms or of was vengeance.
0: It, hmm. I have a varieties of vengeance. I haven't worked mm-hmm. out you know exact yeah. rhythmic timing yet, but. Those are the remaining titles in the antithesis progression. Mm -hmm.
3: Brian.
0: Brian. I know. The boy they call Brian.
2: (laughs) Dan's been in a really singing mood tonight. (laughs) I think it has to do with the wine.
0: Now I just like having another musical person in the house.
2: (laughs) I don't know what he's talking about. I don't do music. (laughs) Shut the fuck up. That would be because that's what I say to people when I want them to be quiet. Shut the fuck up. All right, so Brian says, Hi there. I'm a bit late to the feed, but I just listened to prequel The Man in the Rain. First off, I thought the writing was exceptional. I'm looking forward to listening to more. I like the presentation style, too. I think it's the closest I've heard to my own style, which I'm just learning now as I go. I'm still writing my first novel in my spare moments, and I've recorded most of a trial-run first chapter, mainly looking for ways to improve my writing for the purpose of audio presentation as well as learning to merge voice recordings from different people. And equipment
0: um thank you for uh for the comments on the man in the rain i god I love that story and i it's not because <laughs> I wrote it it's because of the amazon um mm. special story to me. I wrote it to get my grandfather's death out of my system and he spent sixty fifty sixty years in the Amazon and I grew up hearing the stories so mm-hmm. oh, anyway um before I get off on Amazon orgasms,
1: that was the one—the that the story that showed me that you really <laughs> are a romantic at heart because you actually presume that there will still be an Amazon. Well, of and- course, there will.
2: Oh, I'm still stuck on the fact they said Amazon orgasms. So I'm thinking of Wonder Woman.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> we love you. <laughs> Lasso makes you tell the truth.
0: <laughs> oh, uh, but uh, yeah, good luck with your uh, with your new book and. Um, let me know when it comes out. I'll give it a listen.
4: Hey, Dan, uh, this is Danny, Danny Shade. You're Danny, Shade. Danny Shade! Danny
3: oh. Shade.com.
4: Awesome. I went ahead and just added that to my last name officially because I, uh, I got <laughs> DannyShade.com. So it's my website, and if anybody types in DannyShade.com, they will go to my website and they'll be able to... My
0: He's learning the fire. Go, Danny! Music, and be able to yeah, I'm doing
4: that as soon as I get home. blog posts that I write, and uh, they'll be able to interact and get in touch with me. And uh, they can, uh, if they want music, for for whatever reason. If they oh, wanted, really? Say to maybe have a theme song that would play anytime they walked into a room. That would be personalized. I could make that for them. <laughs> or if they if they just wanted some cool tracks so that they could freestyle over because they had lyrics. I could do that for them. <laughs> or if they had, like, an audio book, like yours or something, like, I could do that. So, um, but I wanted to talk to you about a couple things, man, because, uh, you know, this summer, the summer time, the drum lessons, low, I'm going to have to pull in a second job. I'm going to be kind of tired, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to put the same sort of flash on my music. I don't know if I'm going to be able to, you know, I might just cut out, uh, I just might cut out uh, all dissonance. I, I think I'm you not going to be right because I don't think I'm going to have the energy to really around. dish out those tritones. Um, that is unless this album, you know, so we're going to put all this music, all the music I've composed through the whole thing, we're going to put it in one album, and people are going to be able to buy that and and relive the amazing experiences they had while listening to Antithesis. So, um, if only people knew about that and would actually buy that album, I might not have to like work a second job this summer. <laughs> and maybe I could he will be able to throw a little more distance a little more spark a little more spunk on the uh, down from 10 series which is the next big upcoming coming which he's
0: on board people for you should
4: probably watch no. out for that anyway dan it's uh, 4.24 24 in the morning and man <laughs> i'm go just finishing sleep. up the music for episode 26 and I'm gonna, <laughs> it's gonna, it's gonna that episode, i am excited i it's going to it's going to
0: going to blow somebody's mind episode oh god
4: all right good morning mind. i will
1: see you we talk to you later. So the moral of the story here, folks, is save Down From ten soundtrack. Go buy the predestination <laughs> soundtrack
4: when it comes out.
0: When it comes out in July, and actually Danny called in again
4: <laughs> about three seconds later. Hey, Dan, it's Danny again. I got one more thing that I forgot to mention to you. The spelling of my last name is often confused with that of I would say a lampshade or, or ordinary shade as in blockage from the sun. My last name is Shade. It's from the old country. It's German. It's Shade. S-C-H-A-D-E. I'm not a lampshade. I'm, I'm not. Although I would do that, actually. I, if I'm sitting with somebody and the sun's in their eyes, sometimes I'll stick my hand up in the air and then we all have a good laugh.
2: That's a good friend.
4: Um, At my expense. But I'm cool with that. Um. But as long as everyone knows, if you go to Danny Shade, isn't Danny the lampshade? Um, you're not going to get anything. You won't find it. So you have to go to Shade, Shade. Just remember, it's from <laughs> the old country, from Germany, and and it's Shade, S C H A D E, and Shade like that. I'm not a lamp.
0: <laughs> okay, Danny, you're not a lamp, but for this book, you were the light of my life.
4: <laughs>
3: Danny,
2: Danny,
1: you need to go to 1in1.com and buy Danny Shade without a C and you, redirect oh, that's it a good idea. to yeah. Danny Shade with a C. And while you're at it, go ahead and buy dannysnotalamp.com.
6: Because <laughs> that would be awesome. That would fucking rock.
0: <laughs> oh man! Let's go around the circle again. Kitty, what you got there? Knitting. (laughs) Um,
2: Again? Besides the knitting. You're a knitting fool. Yay. Yeah. A
0: knitwit,
3: even. A knitwit. Okay, I've got feedback from Adam, who says, Hey, Dan, I'm loving the book. After episode 22, I took a break and started saving the files so I could do the end all at one time. I am eagerly waiting for it to wrap up so (laughs) I can dive in. You call episode 26 the climactic episode. By that, do you mean the episode where the plot climaxes, or do you mean this is the final episode? That's all I got. Please get back to me so I know whether or not to dive in now or wait another week. Thanks well, for the great writing.
1: Well, it's certainly not the episode where Joss and and, uh, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> Cassie. Cassie. It's late. Joss and Cassie have their climax. That's a couple of episodes <laughs> prior. Uh, the twenty four. It was <laughs> 24,
0: five. Twenty four, I think. Yeah. Twenty five is the one that happens all like, that night. Yeah, all that night. That's right. That was, oh man, the music in that scene. Oh my damn. god. Shade. <laughs>
6: damn
0: shade. <laughs> damn. Yeah, we got a damn from Nobilis on that one. That was good. But uh, no, the as you probably know by now, since you're listening to this after you've finished the series. Uh, 26 is the climax and 27 is the falling action. So, um. The denouement. They if they, you will. they Yes, the denouement. I have gotta get used to saying all those French words because one of the character, one of the point of view characters in Down from 10 is French <laughs> and he uses French a lot in his narration.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, Antithesis oh. part six, denouement,
0: another French word. <laughs> Yes, there's there's a line right right Ask early Google. in the book when he's when he's when he is watching someone grab a handful of someone else's rebondi. Which is French for ass. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say that sounds really
2: dirty and yes. I don't know
0: why. <laughs> okay. Uh, Chris, what you got?
1: Meltzer says, Great final episode, man. And I don't mean to be picky, but weren't we doing a promo exchange? Or what? did I misunderstand? Either way, good show.
0: We were and I forgot. So, for all of you, here is James Meltzer's promo, as his book is just finishing, too. And if you like zombies, this is the guy to go see.
4: In a world where zombies and humans coexist... If it wasn't for the government, none of this would be happening. We'd all be wiped out, dead and gone, and that's the kind of world I'd rather be living in. And clones are used for food. The first time I saw myself being eaten... Words cannot describe what was going through my mind. One man will do the unthinkable. I'm going to help the next one escape. And uncover a secret that will change our world forever. That's insane. Why on earth would you want to do that? The Zombie Chronicles. The first ever full-length podcast fiction novel by James Melzer. Let me tell you something. When you see a six-foot, two-inch, two hundred and fifty-pound reanimated corpse come at you wearing nothing but a football helmet and is rotting schlong bouncing from side to side, you run. Now casting at www.jamesmelzer.net. Somewhere in the bottomless pit of my memory, the scream is still going.
1: <laughs> Rain. Rain.
3: So not hot. Stop that. Immediately.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Bad. We could do one about plumber zombies. Drugs. Oh, God.
2: Do they have plumber zombie crack?
3: <laughs> oh. oh,
0: man. Last place I want to see rotting flesh. Oh.
2: <laughs> oh. Yeah, first place you probably will.
5: <laughs> oh. <Ew>. Oh. hi <laughs> Okay. <laughs> that was just wrong.
2: Ooh! So we have another one from Brian, and it says, "This last feedback show was disappointingly short, which I suppose was as much my fault as anyone else's, but still, hilarious. Go, Kitty! I just about fell over when you made the crack about Scott Sigler special. <laughs> Luckily, oh, lucky I just sat down. I've got to say though, the Kitty's plan for Dan to spread gay joy everywhere sounds kind of messy." <laughs> <laughs> You better keep posting podcasts of some sort over the coming months, Dan, or I'd somehow arrange for all your fiction to be published just so I can beat you down with your own books. Hawkhead.
0: (laughs) Oh, Hawk, you rock. The feed will continue to be active in the coming months, as this is the same feed I will be posting down from 10 to, as well as some more special features we have coming, um, including the teasers. Four down from ten. <laughs> and free will. You're going to get the first scene of each book in the coming two weeks. Sweet. As well as the exit interview I did last night with T. Morris, who roasted the fuck out of me.
1: I mm, so want to hear that. Oh, it was so fun. <laughs> oh. okay. That sounds
2: like a good teaser. Can we hear that now?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Consider us teased. And also, if you want to You've get a... Toson. Also, if you want to get a jump on the teaser, the initial very short world premiere teaser for Free Will can be heard on Chris Lester's Metamore City feedback show that should be dropping hopefully around the same time this is.
1: (laughs) Dan will get his out first just because he, well, his schedule is more flexible than mine
0: and I'm an anal retentive obsessive compulsive bastard and that
3: drink bastard, bastard.
2: <laughs> even if oh, you call yes, yourself the, the a bastard the drinking game
0: we haven't uh, we haven't uh, explained the drinking game oh well them, we you, determined
2: please? we needed a drinking game for the feedback shows and so we determined anytime someone gets called a bastard they have to drink and i guess it probably shouldn't count if you call yourself a bastard but this is Dan's show so we have you to empty over there. yeah it was empty on purpose oh oh and there's the wine oh. mm-hmm. If you, call, if you call someone a bastard, well, if you call either Dan or Chris or Kitty a bastard, then they have a drink. For example, Dan, you bastard.
0: You're a bastard for doing that. Oh, oh.
2: I don't count. I'm not part of the feedback.
0: Oh,
5: yes, you are. You have
1: been integrated. You were part of the show. You're part of the feedback. <laughs> I'm part of You're the like, board collective. That's right. You have joined the collective. The hive mind loves you.
3: okay i have feedback from theodore who says that he's just got done mainlining the entire book (laughs) up to episode 25 anyway oh Um, what a place to get stuck uh first chance i've really had to sit down and compose a feedback First, let me address the other people I know you've got hanging out and probably getting plastered. The (laughs) feedbacks Chris has done with you were the final straw in getting me to start on the Metamore City podcast after hearing a few promos elsewhere. It was only after I heard how (laughs) truly weird the city was that I had to pick it up. (laughs) When you next talk to Philippa, let her know that the same goes for her. Based solely on her appearances on Dealing In, I've started to listen to Chasing the Bard.
0: Excellent. Sweet.
3: It was the voice. No sexier oh, podcaster okay. voice out there. Sorry, Chris.
0: And Philippa Ballantine is playing the female lead in Down from Ten, opposite Miss Calendar, Chris Lester, uh, Nathan Lowell. Our Senator Shelley is returning for another role that features an accent. Nobilis <laughs> will be on board as well as Christiana Ellis, and as the male lead, T. Morris. Morris.
2: Sigh. <laughs> i just had a squee
3: when you said nobilis <laughs> squee!
0: nobilis you have a fan
3: uh and now on to you dan you are the single most evil man alive your poor character should stage a revolt of their own and throw off your cruel reins Aww. that said i love watching them writhe under your whip <laughs> i like him i like this guy Uh, wish I'd been able to get into the what the fuck is Bill Shelley up to contest, but while the Persian angle totally threw me, I kind of figured he was angling for the big chair. Honestly, what politician (laughs) isn't? I don't know if you've revealed the other transhuman, but if not by the end of book one, I'm going to put my money on our friendly neighborhood AI designer. His voice just ain't right.
0: And that's (laughs) the least of the hints. (laughs) Yeah, that should be the least, because that's an artifact of the fact that I've got a shitty pitch shifter. <laughs> um, I play Mandu, and I have to shift the voice down uh, um, but uh no, he is the other transhuman, and there are a lot of other clues besides his voice in the is mix the other mandu
2: mon dieu. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's not French, no, he's Nigerian mandu. Is... Why did you have to
2: say he's not French in a British accent? <laughs>
0: I don't know.
3: Patrick Stewart? What <laughs> <thought> you wanted to. <laughs> <you. laughs>
0: I live my private pounce at no! your aunties, your sons of an electric donkey bottom biter. All right, well, let's see it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Where are your aunties? I think I have had enough uh-huh. Oh, good. All right, let's see. <laughs> okay.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Please continue. And, and now for my hobby horse. As an anarcho-capitalist, I'm curious as to what the political climate is on Nineveh. Is it another one of those top-down surveillance police state, or is it a more freewheeling? Except, of course, tight import restriction. No one wants their crops ruined by a stray fungal spore. Yes. <laughs> is that your answer? Yes. Yes. Okay.
0: Yeah, it's uh, as I uh, you probably haven't made it through the early dealing in shows because you've been uh, mainlining. But um, Nineveh is um, is a. St- a state, let's say, of advanced evolution in security technology, which means that, yeah, you've got a total surveillance state that everyone knows how to beat and where um, the kinds of people they've brought out. It's more or less the Australia of the sky. The kinds of people they've brought <laughs> out to populate the place don't mind being watched as long as they're not fucked with. So, um, yeah, they get watched all the time, but the government there has very little – that it can do, except uh, keep public order, because the citizens there built the place and they know how to take it apart.
1: It sounds like Tortuga, <laughs> the the pirate haven of the Caribbean. Yeah, the, pi- the pi- <laughs> there's
0: actually a couple new books out on the history of the uh, of the political and economic uh, structure of the pirate society. They're really fascinating, and it was evidently a very high functioning, very um, A very, very high-functioning Republican type of quasi-state entity. I'm just
2: happy with the whole. The government likes to watch.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is the ultimate voyeur's job.
1: Mm. I want to go to the CIA, no, the NSA.
3: Uh, Some
2: of us have aspirations, (laughs) (laughs) but we know better than to apply.
0: I go. I want to go to the CIA so I can see (laughs) why I mm. <laughs> oh. see your ass
2: I see you pee <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. LOL OMG
3: and he says he can't wait to listen to episode 26 and wants to preemptively comment with oh my god <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh boy
0: I really hope you send in feedback once you finish the show
1: yeah really okay this one is from our old friend David uh Oh, a gift for you, and special thanks for leaving us hanging at the end of predestination, <laughs> and for letting news. and for letting Percy live and thus ruining my death threat to Chris. <laughs> Attached is a special gift for you. I leave it to you to fill in the blanks. I was touched by the way how, the way you honored your childhood friend at the end. You see, you are romantic. I trust Kitty will see this mail. Ha! Death threat executed.
0: <laughs> I mentioned on... He accused me of being romantic once, and I told him on Twitter that if you ever uh, suspected I was romantic, you would kill me. Ah. Uh, and, mm. uh...
3: So <laughs> yes, I, I eat romantics for dinner.
0: <laughs> which, In a stew. Talk, which, which talk, talk. Yeah, I was about to say, fun.
2: hey, I'm right here.
0: Uh, <laughs> oh. And with that, we'll be back in about 25 minutes.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Here you need that little chime. Do, do, Wait, are do, you
3: splitting do, that do. between the three
2: of
0: you evenly? Like, we'll be back in 75 minutes.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: do, 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 do.
1: Please do me a favor. Don't ever name any character after me, even though you pronounce my last name correctly. (laughs) None of your characters are particularly nice. Bestest, David. (laughs) P.S. Note the gift is one way. Death threat
0: executed. (laughs) And attached was a itinerary for a one way flight to Winnipeg.
2: Winnipeg. Ooh, that's cold.
0: I know. So oh, I've heard.
2: <laughs>
0: All
1: I know is that before the war he was the Green Guardian, part of the Prairie Patrol, and the greatest hero Winnipeg had ever known.
4: That's not saying very much. Hey guys. Tristan
5: I just finished listening to Predestination. And Well, I know I I know I should give you feedback. And say that I really enjoyed the book. It was quite possibly the best run I've ever had and I probably have never been so
0: I've never felt so such a feeling when uh something is over. You know, that sort of loss like when a really good movie is over, a really good book is over. The same thing's happening. Uh I actually just finished
5: Contagious. I just finished reading Contagious before I came to listen to this show and um Yeah. I don't know what to say, dude. That was that was something special. Thank you. So, let me just finish off by saying thanks.
0: Golf clap. Bravo. Well, thank you, Tristan. Thank you very, very much.
2: Did you hear? He sounded shell shocked from listening to your book. Yeah. Like you hurt him deep on the inside.
0: No, that was the weed. That's the it, it, it being over is what hurt him deep on the inside.
2: Good thing he has down from ten. Good
0: thing he has down from ten to look forward to. And free will coming soon. JD sorry, net.
2: Ding! <laughs> 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 wait, wait. What was the other one you decided of?
0: Huh?
2: It was something in other French words. That's my new favorite. <laughs> <laughs> You've, gotta Demar, <laughs> <laughs> You've got to write that.
1: Damn! other
0: French words. other French words. It can be a short story. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yet, Thank you very much, Tristan. I, I He's bouncing, damn bouncing. It's pretty
2: cute. <laughs> yep.
5: G'day Dan. Greetings Arch! from Crypto which looks good on paper, but is a bitch to pronounce.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Just
5: finished the last couple episodes of Antithesis Book One. And I thought they were very fun. I did like the whole Chase scene to get to the spaceship. Thank you. I have to say I'm somewhat disappointed that the Hartmans haven't realised by now that even Joss's backup plans have backup plans. I did have a couple of nitpicks with that episode. Oh, he gets me so bad here. Oh my Uh, God! First of all, didn't Joss? smash up all the cartilage in Allie's nose. Yes. How is she then not screaming in pain when she pinches it to stem the bleeding?
0: Because she's in shock. Mm. Shock is a wonderful thing. She's had about uh, three solid minutes from when, it got, uh, from when it got crushed. So by that time, she's in shock. To give you an idea of where I'm coming from, this is not just book learning. <laughs> well, I, I, have yeah, had... I was going
1: to say, why does this not slow down her reactions to the point that she can barely walk? Because I remember when my mom burned her hand. It does. Yeah, she was like really, really screwed Notice up. Notice
0: how bad a shot she is at that, in the last there.
2: Yeah, she's not doing so she's well She's not at the, the top
0: of her game. But yeah, this isn't just from book learning either. I've crushed one of my fingers in a 4,000 pound pneumatic press. I've uh, got scars from where i've nearly sliced fingers off doing different work with power tools and computers and knives Beep. um i shoved a bolt through my right arm at one point um that, that one was for fun no <laughs> well that one was in pursuit of the perfect yo-yo trick believe it or not what? i was practicing yo-yo in a very dangerous place with a sharp protruding bolt
2: oh my goodness
0: i was 10 um, how are I've, you
2: still alive
0: <laughs> i've slight i i fe- when i was five i fell off a fence i sliced my leg open and busted the artery was rushed oh. to the hospital so yeah i know from shock pretty well dan is like the
1: poster child for the he's like the whatever the darwin award is he's like the other <laughs> side of the spectrum
2: i was thinking he's like macgyver of getting hurt well except, <laughs> except
0: i've never broken a bone I've never been seriously injured in a permanent fashion. Um, I've still got better than 20, 20 vision. Where's the wood? Okay. I I still, I've protected my hearing so I can still hear dog whistles. I'm, you know. How do you, I'm extremely fortunate.
1: How do you crush your finger in a 4,000 pound pneumatic press and not break the bone? Because the press came
0: down flat rather than shearing it so I what I was it was a it was a uh, it was a pneumatic press for I was actually building this bookcase here mm. for drilling peg holes so the press would come down and the drill would come in this way mm-hmm. and I didn't move my finger so the press just came right ah. down on top of my finger Ah,
2: you guys are missing great hand motions so
1: you turned the, the all the soft tissue into jelly but the bones oh yeah, yeah
0: yeah I mean the nail bed was damaged so bad that it kind of grew up like this for about six months Ooh. he's <laughs> been drawing like a
1: 45 degree
3: angle folks
1: it's kind of disgusting it was
0: it I, also cr- it was purple it also yeah grew in black and purple yep. it was quite strange mm-hmm. looking. He's yeah.
2: it had one goth finger
3: <laughs>
0: yes i had one goth finger <laughs> and oh let's see oh oh and then there was the time when i uh when i cracked my skull in us doing a stunt with a 105 degree fever oh. um on a film shoot i didn't have insurance so i decided to do the stunt myself oh, no. <laughs> rather than act- asking an actor to do it
3: bad idea
0: the actor who i was uh acting opposite of missed his mark and rather than hitting me where i had the hard plastic padding on my chest after i did a flip layout onto concrete he missed and hit me in the head with this heavy steel bar
3: oh god
0: that crack by the way has made it into predestination i earned that sound effect <laughs> you read that recorded
2: oh my gosh i've got goosebumps
0: the cameras were were running and so and it was in a big warehouse so there was great reverb oh Oh my (laughs) gosh the man
2: is
3: dedicated to his craft
2: see what he does for you people (laughs) think of that before you flame him and
0: and, and, uh so that's uh those are some of the some of the things that i've that my poor body has been through and that's Let's not even get into what's happened to me on bicycles and uh, oh, and, uh, and and cars. Uh, <laughs> Seriously, people, stay with this man during the apocalypse. If
1: this shit hasn't killed him, nothing ever will. I had
0: three brothers growing up. You know, there was competition to survive, what, to see like, who what? could die first. No, Did you no, have to find no. your own food? Just to be the coolest one in
2: the room. You know, cool equals pneumatic. Whatever it is, on finger.
0: Yeah, it is. Actually, listening to someone argue that Michael Savage is too much of a liberal is what equals pneumatic press on finger. But that's oh, another no. story. Ah. Yeah, I was not paying attention because I was trying You're to like, shut his... Uh, what? Shut him out. Yeah, exactly.
2: Oi. I've heard it, of people
5: like you, but only in myth. <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: okay, here we go. Uh,
5: also, I... May have made a mistake with my math, but I did check it. And Joss Kyle, weighing under a kilo Ah. in one tenth g, while it makes for a lovely mental image bouncing from head to head, that would mean he'd be less than ten kilos in Earth normal gravity. I have a couple of cousins, six months old twins, very cute. I can't see them combined weighing less than a grown man
0: (laughs) yeah um he gets me there really bad i carried a decimal place ah what it should be is that joss weighs under 10 10 kilos kilos. not under one actually he weighs about (laughs) 7 kilos and I'm going to forego the mm. continual. You can, you can, you can actually, no, 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 mass. do that, do that in a second, but first, oh, okay. so, but having made that mistake, um, I have gone back in the manuscript, and for the audiobooks version, I'm also retconning that he's running across their shoulders, not ah. their heads, okay, Must because a add. shoulder can take that kind of load, yes, it can, heads, not so much, not so much, so. Chris gave me a lot of shit about that for another reason.
1: Yes, namely that the kilogram is the SI unit of mass, Yes, and your mass does not change depending upon where you are in space. That's mass, true. Mass is determined by how force accelerates you. It has, yeah, it's, mm. it's the amount of stuff, protons, neutrons, and electrons yes. you have in your body, it has to do with momentum, <laughs> has nothing to do with. Weight, which is the concept of how much gravity is currently pulling on you.
0: This is true. However, the ISU measurement for weight is Newton's, which mm-hmm. nobody uses, not even in countries that are on the metric system.
1: Well, we use it in terms anytime you're dealing with force.
0: Scientists use it when they're engineers dealing with force. Engineers too. use it. But the dude who, who gives you your whiskey at the liquor store... Does not know from Newtons. Fred. And. <laughs> no, and but he will
1: express your weight in pounds, which ex- is a unit of force.
0: He'll express your weight in. Pounds are but a unit wait, of wait, force. Wait, wait, wait. If he the lives-
1: British Imperial unit for mass is the slug, which nobody has any uh, idea what it is. They
0: look, yeah, so they got conflated in the British imperial system. They're going to get conflated colloquially. Well, they're already conflated colloquially in the metric system. And when people go out into space and they're all using metrics... People they're, are going to be dumb? Yes. Pe- yes, <laughs> no, they will. People are going to find having to keep two entirely different measurement systems in their head to be cumbersome and ridiculous. Mm. In Just in the imperial system... In the U.S. for measuring volume, we have ounces, Mm -hmm. and we have fluid ounces. Now, we Mm -hmm. all know the distinction, right? Mm -hmm. But when you're saying, I have four ounces of this liquid, you don't mean the dry ounce weight measurement. You mean the fluid ounces volume measurement. Mm -hmm.
2: Well, I'd argue that we're all taught that pounds... Are the same as kilograms, not the same right. actual weight-wise. But
1: we think that they're measuring the same. We thing think of them as not.
2: analogous. Like that's that's the British person's pound, yeah, you know, just, and right. they calculate it all funny. Mm-hmm. Like
0: yeah, it, it, we and yeah, we it's mm-hmm. and in Europe it's colloquially. It's the
2: schools. You need well, to
0: teach this in the schools. That and in, in Europe it's colloquially used <laughs> for weight, and there's there's a direct because we're in the same gravitational field. There's a direct weight to weight conversion. But in any physics class, you learn that if you're doing um. Mass calculations for orbits or whatnot, you need to measure in kilograms because that measures more than just weight. However,
1: I would submit that a spacer needs to know both about force and... And about mass, yes. And they need to know what their mass is at all times, and they need to know like what the mass of their
0: cargo is, because oh, that's yeah. going to determine things like maneuvering capabilities mm-hmm. oh, and yes. reaction
1: mass. Absolutely,
0: you need. but they're not going to use different terms. They're going to use the same terms and just make the mental category distinction. <laughs> well, maybe they're like new like kilograms,
2: people.
1: but when they're measuring, <laughs> but when they're measuring thrust of their engines, they're going to be measuring it in newtons. Yeah.
0: But when they're measuring...
1: Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> we could go on and on We could go on this. and on and the on. The truth is that we don't really know, <laughs> don't really know. how human
0: colloquialisms will evolve yeah, in the I future. Just, because of the, humans, uh, <laughs> the, the human tendency, particularly in informal societies, mm-hmm. to aggressively simplify wherever possible, mm-hmm. the mental distinction between mass and effective mass will be the same kind of unspoken but widely understood mm-hmm. distinction between... Fluid Wait, ounces and dry between ounces. fluid ounces and dry ounces
1: It's possible I think it's equally possible that a spacefaring society that is used to working with Newton's because they have to deal with it in their work is going to end up being able to apply that in other areas of life
2: oh they'd probably change the name anyway yeah,
0: but even even if that's the if that's the case and I think yeah it might be the case for the pilots mm-hmm You're talking about an interplanetary trade network Mm -hmm. that's trading with Earth. And most of the people on the stations are not pilots. Mm -hmm. Most of them aren't physicists. Most of them are merchants or farmers or scientists of other kinds that aren't dealing actively every day with physics. Mm -hmm. And for them, it's just going to be an extra term that they don't need to bother with because they've got more important shit going on. Mm -hmm. Anyway, that's why I did it that way. And I know you think I'm kind of a dork for doing that. But, oh, well. (laughs) Uh, Hawk continues in his Australian way.
5: I did enjoy the epilogue, though. The perfect combination of new mysteries and closure.
0: Thank you. Yep.
5: I do have one more thing to say. While okay. I absolutely love the whole 9th of the 9th, 09, podcaster triple threat dealy, you keep making th- me think it's coming sooner than it's actually going to be there. <laughs> I'm fairly certain that free will being posted early enough that it's still the ninth here in is
0: <laughs> Damn that dateline.
5: Low <laughs> enough that you're not gonna find many people betting on it. I'm thinking the tenth at best, which is both less catchy and somewhat more confusing. You got tenth of the ninth oh nine, no wait. Nine ten oh nine. No wait. Um can you imagine how useful form fill audio would be? <laughs> what?
0: Form fill audio, like where you just fill in the have the computer automatically fill in the blank. Ah. Hawk, you're a fabulous fabulous person and I'm so glad you've been along on this trip, but it's not my fault that you live in Australia. <laughs> 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 However, I am very envious of you for your access to kangaroo meat.
1: Why don't we just mm. release the first episode at 9 on 090909 09, 09, at 9 p.m. Australian time. That's going to be like, oh, what? Boy.
2: Why don't you just send him an advance copy?
0: It <laughs> might be simpler. <laughs> I don't think it's going to. I don't think 9 p.m. Australian time on the 9th is going to turn. Oh, wait there. Because no, Pip is 18 hours.
1: 18 hours. And right.
0: Australia is another few hours beyond
1: behind her so there that would be like closer to our time so that would be yeah, like but she's
0: in the future too
5: so
1: she's she's 18 hours ahead uh-huh. so that would mean that he's like 16
0: hours ahead and so that we're would, gonna have to get a map this is yeah. Yeah. gonna be complicated
2: yeah, that dateline thing
0: find some hour in which everywhere somehow somehow there's a nine in there yeah it's the nine. <laughs> If it's possible. I don't know if it, lasts it is. It for about, but like, we'll, ten seconds. We'll have to check out a <laughs> <It's> your window. <laughs> right, it may be. <laughs> okay. Next, uh, next voicemail.
6: Hi, Dan. It's Mildred Katie. Mildred! The quality of the podcast and the novel continue to amaze me. You Thank have you. a great flair for writing, a wonderful production, a talented cast, and a great composer. It's been fascinating to listen to and just knocks my socks off with the production quality every single time. Also, I'm at the point where I get a bit scared every time I hear you say on a feedback show or when we're talking over Skype, it's going to be so much fun.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but it
2: is. That is a smart lady. (laughs) Down from 10 is going to be so much fun. (laughs) again with the bouncing (laughs) uh thank you very
3: bounces
0: yeah Uh, thank you very very much mildred and for the props to danny too he so deserves them particularly for what he did in the last two episodes we were up you not i'll get to the results in a minute but we were up in marathon sessions for both episodes we worked through the night together on those him funneling me instrument tracks and me mixing them down and mixing them in and asking for little timing adjustments and oh my God, the dedication and then what he wound up doing with it, taking it in directions I wouldn't have imagined sonically and the ending piece over the final, the acknowledgements at the end of the book where he took the main theme and he morphed it into this heavy metal rock opera piano concerto mix thing (laughs) with three whole movements lasting about nine minutes. Oh. My. God. That's going to be a hell of a way to close out the soundtrack album, too. That was the one
1: that ran ran under the end credits, right? Yeah. Yeah. Very nicely done.
0: Fabulous music.
6: And then you laugh. It is getting scary. Trust me on this. (laughs) So, regarding the final episode. First, now that Joss has set the ship up like that, uh, you guys had to mention the beginning of book five. Damn you! (laughs) I thought that it was going to be Percy, but now Joss is just as equally a good candidate for it, particularly with the drug cocktail he's got loaded onto the fugitive. That's a fine recipe for insanity right there in all these little glass vials. Second, it was... Okay,
0: I'm going to pause before we get to the second. For those of you who may have missed it in a previous Dealing In show because you were mainlining to get to the end, book five, which uh, Kitty kind of teased a couple episodes back, begins with a character who we already know floating between planets, marooned in a shuttle, insane <laughs> raving about having found the keys to the throne room of god and that uh that little bitty pebble kicks off episode five or kicks off book five which brings everything else together to the climax of the whole series <laughs> <laughs> the
1: avalanche has already started
0: it is it's too late, late for, for the, the pebbles, pebbles to vote. <laughs> Mildred continues.
6: It's a nice touch to have Allie wake up and thinking she was Alex at first. It's interesting to see just how much she developed that persona and how much that persona is tied to Jos.
1: Oh yeah.
0: Oh yes. <laughs> and just think of what might happen with the two of them trapped on a ship together for four months or more. I've and got left my by bets. Proxy. I've hmm? got
2: my bets of what's going to happen. <laughs> what was that you said, Chris?
1: Man loved by proxy.
2: <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Dude, does that mean they can somehow be in a, a part of a guy on guy scene? Yes! It's
0: possible. <laughs> <laughs> Someone um, slash
2: that, please. Okay.
0: <laughs> and what uh, you said something about that, too. When you heard that scene, you went and, like, you looked up ketamine. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, I did. Also known as
2: Special K. Yep.
1: And the fact that you can use, because we used ketamine in uh, my research to immobilize seals um, to do, like, surgical stuff on Mm -hmm. them. Not my research, but my lab's research that we were doing. And uh, so we were always told it was it was a muscle-immobilizing agent, and that was why we used it, because it held the animal still. They didn't mention to us that in high enough doses that it actually has hallucinogenic properties. Oh, yes.
0: It causes dissociative hallucinogenic comas. It's
2: supposedly a big-time um, party drug for college campuses these yes, days.
1: Yes, and it's hella mm-hmm. dangerous for that. Yeah. There's my little bit of Oakland regionalism slipping <laughs> in. Thank you to all of my kids at Arise High School for <laughs> Giving me that. He's becoming
0: a Californian, ladies and gentlemen. Because that's hella cool. The Midwest boy is slowly melting away and the Oakland man emerges.
1: Be afraid. (laughs) Be very
3: afraid. As long as he doesn't start wearing silver and black, we're
1: okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Don't get a grill.
1: (laughs) Oh, those are so nasty. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, Special K is dangerous because it can stop your heart in high enough doses.
0: Mm-hmm. but it is useful for things like what uh, your research team used it for. Mm-hmm. It's very useful for um, temporary, um, f- in the right dosage level, yeah. right? Uh, cc's per kilogram. It's very useful for immobilizing someone and dissociating them so they won't know what you're up to. Mm-hmm. And in Joss's case, that's exactly what he needed, whereas if he had slipped her an opiate... And he doesn't know that she, whether she's allergic or not, mm-hmm. he might have risked killing her right. or not giving her enough and making her groggy. But seeing what he was up to, yeah, that's why Joss grabbed the ketamine.
1: And ketamine is also nice because at levels high enough to anesthetize you, it also amplifies your respiratory system.
0: Yes, so and of course, breathing. The, the dissociative element helped a lot with bringing Alex back to the fore, right? Because Alex is already a dissociative identity. That Allie has uh,
1: Allie's craft crazy already. So. I well, know what
2: you're talking about. <laughs> Don't you talk bad about my girl?
0: Allie's not actually crazy, and she's not actually she doesn't actually have dissociative identity disorder. But At she is. <laughs> but she is very. Uh, she's very much invested in the character of Alex, much more so than she has admitted to herself yet yeah, or her mm-hmm. husband and uh, that will have some interesting implications for book two
1: particularly since he's dosing her up on uh, oxytocin, oxytocin. bonding if, f- hormones yeah
0: let's see if mildred addresses that and if not we can get into it
1: mm-hmm.
6: now the oxytocin oh <laughs> the two possibilities that could apply to joss's situation and you used one of them so far that is make it easier to build trust and potentially make interrogations and negotiations easier. Yep. I didn't think you'd go in that direction, honestly, because Joss already has this one wound of professional honor over the card game with Allie. So the thought of using additional biochemical assistance might be considered additional cheating, and I didn't think that would set well with him.
0: Um, I don't think it uh, it would wind up being additional cheating, because you can play poker with someone you trust implicitly mm-hmm. um, and uh, still call them on bluffing when there's oxytocin in your bloodstream like that. So I don't think that will would, that would throw her off her game or that it's likely to throw her off her game enough for Joss to consider it cheating.
1: I think she meant it more in the sense of cheating in a broader sense of rigging the game against
0: oh. Allie. Again. Well... It isn't whether you win or lose.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, Joss is, just, Joss is a survivor. Yes. And he is an absolute, utter, cold-hearted bastard when he has to be.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Do I have to take a drink for that one?
2: Yeah. Okay. Well, how about this? You bastard. <laughs> you bastard.
0: <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Joss is definitely a survivor. And, yeah, he needed to make Allie more pliant because she's very dangerous (laughs) yes and she really wants to kill him and if she doesn't feel like she can trust him and uh, if she doesn't like him or feel loyal to him somehow he ain't gonna survive the trip or at least he thinks he ain't gonna survive the trip
1: right and joss has always struck me as a man whose principles were never as important to him as his own skin
0: well that's part of the interesting thing because remember what happened in chapter one his mm-hmm. principles just about cost him his skin.
1: Yeah, that's true. And
0: as soon as his skin was safe again, what did he do? He went back to work doing the same kinds of things that were in line with his principles. So the interplay between his principles and his skin is a lot more complicated than one always being on yeah, top. That's
1: true. I'll give you that. That's what makes him interesting.
6: Eating and I didn't think that would set well with him. I thought you'd use it more as a way for Joss to avoid developing tolerances or reducing withdrawal symptoms for any other drug cocktail that he may be using.
0: Um, And what he originally had it on board for was because wherever he went, he would be in a position of having a price on his head. Mm -hmm. And he did not have a plan for where he was going when he stocked the ship. So he stocked it with things that might be useful in making allies When he needed to do it in order to save his skin. Mm -hmm.
6: Or as a way to mitigate how much he may be going crazy on a ship stuck in the deep. Well, we'll I don't think oxytocin would do that. It's still possible, but you'll have to write the other books for us to find (laughs) out. With another person on board, it may be easier for Joss to stay sane. But then again, it might be easier for him to go insane depending on how things are going to go with Allie.
0: That's true. And um, as a little teaser, with the sense of honor that we know Joss has, mm-hmm. and the things we know that oxytocin does to a relationship, what kind of a position is he going to be in if he keeps dosing her regularly over the coming months? What kind of ethical position is he going to find himself in?
1: Yeah. It's a messy situation.
0: Oh, yeah.
6: Dan? Dan? I state yet again that you are an evil man for doing so many <laughs> bad things to Joss when he's innocent. Well, he's at least innocent of the accusation of selling out to Earth and being a traitor. I was going to say. Know, damn well, he's not innocent of much else. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he was also innocent of the original thing that got him on the road in the first place, which mm, was, uh, which selling, was secrets the selling secrets to the Persians. mm mm-hmm. The 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 road he's traveled on has uh, shall we say sullied whatever innocence he may have had, but yeah. any crime he's ever been charged with he hasn't been guilty of yet. Hi,
2: he's only guilty of the things he hasn't been caught for. That's right. <laughs>
1: you stand accused of arson, murder, battery, assault, kidnapping, and jaywalking.
6: <laughs> yeah, but the jaywalking's true. Yeah. And now, here's my last comments for predestination. Wow. I love Volish. And for Percy, <laughs> I love just too. one more thing happens, and he is straight to the loony bin. Wait. Percy's not the most stable <laughs> of characters anyway, so... uh, Okay. At least more insane than he already is.
4: Yet, it's satisfying
6: to know that the weapon that Shelley had a hand in creating is intent on returning home. And He's aware of what's been done to him. It's going to be so much fun when he finally gets there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I just got chills from that laugh.
6: (laughs) Well, I have a death threat for you. Sir, may you die a peaceful death with a fine single malt scotch that's older than me in one hand and a high quality hand-rolled cigar of the type of flavor you enjoy the most in the other while just still in the afterglow of having had the best sex in your life because well who says that death threats have to be all horrible and painful things <laughs> well i hope Thank you have you. fun at Bacon. i'll be at balticon meeting a number of other fascinating podcaster types including our dear mr lester (laughs) i have the phalanx t-shirt that i won from the itunes so i'm gonna bring that with me and wear it one day killer thank you the word that is j daniel sawyer and antithesis and books of extremely long titles (laughs) (laughs) oh
0: mildred thank you thank you that rocked Mm -hmm. i'm blushing up to my ear tips now
1: the death threat reminds me of an old uh Blessing that I heard, which may be Irish in origin. Yeah, it is. Yeah, may May you you be in heaven half an hour before the devil knows you're dead. Actually, the one I was thinking of was may may you die in your bed in an obscenely old age, shot by a jealous lover. (laughs) 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 Nice.
0: (laughs) I like that blessing. I really like that blessing. (laughs) Thank you, Mildred. That's definitely the kindest death threat I've received yet.
1: Thank you very much.
6: And if I may have one indulgence. Remember, it isn't whether you win or lose. It's how you rate the game.